poets and intellectuals of this time, the innovative minds, the intelligentsia, those that are breaking down the barriers and choosing a bohemian existence, escaping from dreary suburban ideals and materialistic death traps. Where are these engaging people? The risk takers, the revolutionaries, those living apart from this big unrest, those escaping the sterility of corporate junkies who get high on materialistic consumption. Welcome to the Bohemian Beat. We will journey beyond the horizon and find the artists living on the edge, going down into the murky waters of their very existence, where these brave souls have re-emerged with art that is challenging, original and brutal. You have tuned into the Bohemian Beat. I'm Riddy, with you for the next hour with poetry and music. Let's settle in with some music. Hey! 
with sunlight. What about painting sunlight? American poet Lawrence Ferlinghetti explores the idea of painting sunlight in his poem, How to Paint Sunlight. I asked a hundred painters and a hundred poets how to paint sunlight on the face of life. Their answers were ambiguous and ingenuous, as if they were all guarding trade secrets. Whereas it seems to me all you have to do is conceive of the whole world and all humanity as a kind of artwork, a site-specific artwork, an art project of the God of light, the whole earth and all that's in it to be painted with light. And the first thing you have to do is to paint yourself in your true colors as you see them. Paint yourself as you see yourself without makeup, without masks. Then paint your favorite people and animals with your brush loaded with light. And be sure you get the perspective right and don't fake it because one false line leads to another. And then paint the high hills when the sun first strikes them on an autumn morning. With your palette and life, lay it on the cadmium yellow leaves, the ochre leaves, the vermilion leaves of a New England autumn, and paint the ghost light of summer nights and the light of the midnight sun, which is moonlight. And don't paint out the shadows made of light, for without chiaroscuro, you'll have shallow pictures. So paint all the dark corners too, all the hidden places and minds and hearts which light never reaches, all the caves of ignorance and fear, the pits of despair, the sloughs of despond, and write plain upon them, abandon all despair, ye who enter here. And don't forget to paint all those who live their lives as bearers of light, paint their eyes and the eyes of every animal and the eyes of men and women known only for the light of their minds. Paint the light of their eyes, the light of sunlit laughter, the song of eyes, the song of birds in flight. And remember that the light is within, if it is anywhere, and you must paint from the inside. Start with purity, with pure white, the pure white of gesso, the pure white of cadmium white, the pure white of flake white, the pure virgin canvas, the pure life we all begin with. Turner painted sunlight with egg tempera, which proved unstable, and Van Gogh did it with madness, and the blood of his ear, also unstable, and the Impressionists did it by never using black, and the Abstract Expressionists did it with white house paint, but you can do it with the pure pigment 
of your own true light, but before you strike the first blow on the virgin canvas, remember its fragility, life's extreme fragility, and remember its innocence, its original innocence, before you strike the first blow, or perhaps never strike it, and let the light come through, the inner light of the raw canvas, the inner light of the models posed in the life study. The inner light of everyone, let it all come through like a pentimento, the light that's been painted over, the life that's been painted over so many times. Let it all surge to the surface, the painted over image of primal life. And when you're finished your painting, stand back astonished, stand back and observe the life on earth that you've created, the lighted life on earth that you've created a new brave world.
you're listening to The Bohemian Beat, produced at Bay FM and Byron Bay and heard nationally across the community radio network. We just heard Quantel with Worlds of Light. And before that, Lawrence Ferlinghetti with his poem, How to Paint Sunlight. A poet who has written a lot of quirky pieces exploring colours is Ken Nording. Ken Nording, born in 1920, is an American voiceover and recording artist best known for his series of word jazz albums. This next piece is called Spectrum. It's just me. Completely different and still the same, like a growing fingerprint, the swirls and curling curlicues here in the end of my index are having their streets widened. If you like, we can walk up and down some of the avenues without a time in our heads. Just you and me, willy-nilly, bug-eyed by the landscape of flesh here on the palp of my trembling finger. I'd like you to know that at the end of this French curve we're climbing now is a place called Cool Inside, where you can listen to colors and if you want to stay with me and have no place better to be, we'll stop in. It's always open. All you need to get in is an open eye. See? There's red, wearing a blush of rust, coming infant up, wearing pride all over him. Sort of looks like Monday, doesn't he? There is proud red's neighbor, covetous orange, curving in circles, wearing the shape of Tuesday. See the dancing over there? Little splotches and zigzags. That's lustful yellow. And slithering softly with S's is angry green who has a look of Thursday gluttonous blue with devouring arms amoeba-like and bursting apart breaking into pieces comes envious indigo coming together only to go apart again irregular and there is slothful violet, awkward, slow motion. Aren't you glad you came? Aren't you? Sounds of distant drums. drums.
sounds of distant drums. from Café Del Mar, Volume 11, and before that, Ken Nordin and Fred Katz Group with Spectrum. However, what happens if you are too poor to afford a paintbrush? In this next piece by storyteller and teacher Kevin Cordy, he adds a little magic to this tale called My Ling and the Magic Paintbrush. Even though he was poor, he could still dream. Mai Ying wanted more than anything in the world to paint. But he was poor, and so he couldn't even afford a paintbrush. He slept out in the fields, and he tried to find a way to make his living by doing odds and ends. And one day he was sleeping out into the fields, and he had a dream. He had a dream of a, of a wonderful, wise old man who was wearing a golden robe, who looked at him and said, My Ying, I have heard your dreams, and I will present and give to you a box which contains magical paintbrushes. Use them well. Use them well. And when he woke up, he knew it was just a dream. But when he looked at his feet, there were paintbrushes. And he opened that beautiful ornate box, and he picked up the paintbrush, and he began to paint. And he was such a good painter. 
After many, many months, he began to paint so well, it looked lifelike. He would paint a beautiful bird with a wingspan and an amazing beak, and he painted it so well, it was lifelike, because it flew away. And he began to paint. He began to paint for the other poor people. He began to paint shovels so that their work wouldn't be so hard. He began to paint food so that they'd have other things to eat. And soon the landowner heard and said, How can he be painting all this? How can he provide? I am the only provider. They must live from the measly givings I give them. And he went over, and he looked over, and he saw my ying, and he said, well, I will take care of you, and he put him in a dungeon. And he said, until you paint for me, you will paint for no one. And he left him with no food. And while he was in the dungeon, he sat and he waited. And after a week, the landowner said, well, I think it's time. And he went down to the dungeon, and he opened the door, and the first thing he smelled were pancakes. And he saw stacks and stacks of pancakes and food and some amazing, amazing amount of food. And soon Mai Ying learned that he shouldn't share his paintings as often. And he began to paint in a remote village. But he would always stop with one thing so that it wasn't painted in its entirety. So it did not become real. And so he began to paint and paint and some wonder why he did it. But one day he was painting a wonderful landscape, whether he was an artist who had to fulfill all his paintings, or whether he just got tired of not completing it. He completed the landscape, and all the animals in the landscape came to life. And soon, like whispers and rumors, it reached the king of this land, the king came to Mai Ying and said, I understand you are a painter. I want you to paint for me. And he said, Well, I cannot paint for you. He said, Well, then I will take your paintbrushes. And he locked Mai Ying up, and the king began to paint gold from the ceiling to the floor. But when the final painting was finished, the gold turned into bricks and fell on the king, and if it wasn't for his servants, he would have died. He said, bring my ing. And after three weeks of waiting in that locked room, my ing humbly came out and said, I will paint for you. I am hungry. Feed me, and I will paint for you. No one knows why he did it, but he began painting for the king. And the king took him over to the beach and said, I want you to paint me a ship. And so Mai Ying painted a ship, a beautiful, majestic ship. I want the ship fit for a king. And so he painted more onto the ship. And he said, I want to set sail. And they set sail in the middle of the ocean. He said, the, the king said, we're not going fast enough. We're not going fast enough. And so he painted wind. He says, we're not going fast enough. So he painted more wind. And the wind began picking up. He says, not fast enough, not fast enough. And he kept painting. And Mai Ying kept painting. And soon the ship was 
being rocked to and fro, back and forth and back and forth, and it was a sight to see, and the ship was rocking back and forth. The king said, that's enough, that's enough. And the ship had turned over, and the king fell to the ocean. They say that my ing painted a bird that flew him away, and they say that my ing stayed at the ocean, and that's why we have beautiful colors of fish and sea life. And some say my ing paints to this day, but no one knows where, but somewhere out there. Bai Ying continues to be a painter. There's a noise upstairs in the attic It's the shuffle of worn-out shoes And the scent of the oil and brushes Drifts down like a pale perfume And he says, I Keep my life in this paint box 
keep your face in these picture frames When I speak to this faded canvas It tells me I have no need for words anyway And he says I'm with Man of Colours and before that Kevin Cordy with his tale My Ling and the Magic Paintbrush. In this next poem by Rudyard Kipling he explores what happens after the last picture is painted. L'Ornois, When the Earth's Last Picture is Painted is read by Robert Glenester. L'Envoi When Earth's Last picture is painted and the tubes are twisted and dried, when the oldest colours have faded and the youngest critic has died, we shall rest and faith we shall need it. Lie down for an eon or two, till the master of all good workmen shall put us to work anew, and those that were good shall be happy, they shall sit in a golden chair, they shall splash at a Tenly canvas with brushes of comet's hair. They shall find real saints to draw from, Magdalene, Peter and Paul. They shall work for an age at a sitting and never be tired at all. And only the master shall praise us, and only the master shall blame. And no one shall work for money, and no one shall work for fame. But each for the joy of the working, and each in his separate star shall draw the thing as he sees it, for the God of things as they are. Strange how a dreary world can suddenly change to a world as bright as the evening star. 
What a difference when your vision is clear And you see things as they really are I used to be colorblind But I met you and now I find There's green in the grass There's gold in the moon There's blue in the skies That semicircle that was always hanging about Is not a storm cloud, it's a rainbow You brought the colors out Believe me, it's really true Till I met you, I never knew a setting sun could paint such beautiful skies I never knew there was such lovely colors And the big surprise is the red in your cheeks The gold in your hair, the blue in your eyes Ella Fitzgerald with I Used to Be Colorblind. And we followed a poem by Rudyard Kipling called L'Ennoir, When the Earth's Last Picture is Painted. Shakespeare's sonnet 24, Mine eye hath played the painter, takes the idea of, yes, the eye taking the role of the painter. Mine eye hath played the painter, and hath stelled thy beauty's form in table of my heart. My body is the frame wherein it is held, and perspective it is best painter's art. For through the painter must you see his skill, to find where your true image pictured lies, which in my bosom shop is hanging still, that hath his windows glazed with thine eyes. Now see what good turns eyes for eyes have done. Mine eyes have drawn thy shape, and thine for me are windows to my breast, where through the sun delights to peep, to gaze therein on thee. Yet eyes this cunning want to grace their art. They draw but what they see, know not the heart. <laughs> The old master painter from the faraway hills Painted the violets and the daffodils He put the purple in the twilight haze Then did a rainbow for the rainy days Dreamed up the murals on the blue summer skies Painted the devil in my darling's eyes 
captured the dreamer with a thousand thrills. The old master painter from the faraway hills. Then came his masterpiece, and when he was through, he smiled down from heaven and he gave me you. What a beautiful job on that wonderful day. The old master painter from the hills far away. The murals on the blue summer skies Painted the devil in the darling's eyes Captured the dreamer with a thousand thrills The old master painter from the faraway hills Then came his masterpiece and when he was through He smiled down from heaven and he gave me you What a beautiful job on that wonderful day The old master painter from the hills far away Far away, far away. This is the Bohemian Beat, and we just heard Bob Crosby and the Bobcats with Old Master Painter. And before that, Jack Edwards reading Sonnet 24, Mine Eye Has Played the Painter, by William Shakespeare. American poet William Carlos Williams took to pictures for inspiration. He says, I've attempted to fuse the poetry and painting to make it the same thing. Williams thought about the creative process in painter's terms and he asks us to experience the work as we might experience a modern painting. There is no subject. It's what you put on the canvas and how you put it on that makes a difference. Poems aren't made of thoughts, they're made of words, pigments put on. This next poem by Williams, Pot of Flowers, is inspired by American watercolourist Charles DeMoth's painting, Tuberoses. Williams presents the internal dynamism of an image detached from a natural or a symbolic context. Still life is often described as a minor genre of art because it lacks human content, but Williams follows DeMouth's charges, these apparently impersonal subjects with emotional and visual activity. The pot of flowers. Pink confused with white, flowers and flowers reversed, take and spill the shaded flame, darning it back into the lamp's horn. Petals slant, darkened with mauve, red wherein whirls, petal lays its glow upon petal round flame green throats, petals radiant with transpiercing light, contending above the leaves, reaching up their modest green from the pot's rim, and there wholly dark, the pot gay with rough moss. A strange arrangement of colors You found your feet where you put her I'm after you, you're after me The things I say, the things I see We've got to be 
Williams reading his poem, Pot of Flowers. And we have time for one more poem, Word Painting Poem, by Boston poet Geoffrey Lilly from his CD, Promised Land Poems. Word Painting Poem. Purple sky, blush lines, lit bridge spanning bay, blue water stretching, scattered gray clouds floating by, waving hello. City skyline rising like all smudged fingers, grassy green hillside topped by still sitting trees. My bus laboring up long winding road until taking me above big rolling wheels with a few transported passengers as I bring the setting with me on a new poetic tray.
Drecker with Painted Black, and before that, Jeffrey Lilly with his poem, Word Painting Poem. Well, we're coming to the end of the hour. I hope you've enjoyed creating colours in the mind where any art form can come alive with poetry. And make sure you tune in again next week for more poetry and music. We will end with Rolling Stones. Yep, you guessed it, Paint It Black. Thank you for joining me on the Bohemian Beat. I'm ready.
green seagull turn a deeper blue I could not foresee this thing happening to you